You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. There's been moments uh, like when it was only me and Tom left in the band. Uh, well, we, we got some new members, but we were the only one all the time. That, that, that was really heavy pressure that and we were supposed to do a new album and we had to do like everything. That, that was a pressure, but but these days it's um, it's fun and 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 um, it's no pressure because I know if I, if I don't come up with uh, with stuff, someone else will, and I know that anything that I come up with that I am satisfied with and the guys are satisfied with. Tom will make uh, an every great song. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hops heads? I'm Matt, the vocalist of Cryptopsy and the host of the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast, brought to you by Sound, Talent, Media, and Evergreen Podcasts, where I sit down with fellow metal musicians to talk about their lives, music, and craft beer. I hope you've been having a killer week so far. I most certainly have been. Now, before we jump into today's episode, I'd just like to ask you to follow the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast on the podcast platform of your choice. But more than that, I would love for you to rate it and write a review. Now, why do I want you to do that? Well, you have to imagine that when someone is looking for a brand new podcast to listen to, what do they do? They scroll down, they look at those ratings, they look at those reviews, and if they are positive and favorable, and they state that I'm an amazing host, I have killer guests, I ask great, great questions, well, they're most probably going to give that podcast a chance. So by you taking a few minutes to write a review for the Vox and Hospital podcast, I would be super, super grateful. And you may actually be the one that helps sway someone's decision to become a brand new Vox and Hopset, and that would be something that I would truly appreciate. Now today on the podcast, I am joined by Rick Zander of Evergrey. Get ready, everyone. This is Vox and Hops, episode number 350. I warn you, what you are about to hear is very disturbing indeed. Hey, what's up, everyone? Today, I am joined by Rick Zander, uh, the keyboardist of Evergrey. Rick, how are you doing? Um, I'm excellent. Really good. Very, very cool to hang out with you. It's always a pleasure to connect with uh, musicians from across the globe. Love it, love it to death. Uh, let's jump into the shittiest question that I'm going to ask you today. From then on, it will be much more fun, I promise you. The question that we all like to kick these things off with recently, how have you been coping with the glorious years, plural, of 2020, 2021, and hopefully not the rest of 2022? How have you been dealing with these wonderful times? Uh, hanging out with uh, the family, writing music, actually feeling a, a bit less pressure. So in that sense, uh, it's, been, it's not been too bad, I think. Yeah, it's been it's been like a, kind of a nice break, <laughs> uh, actually. So so I'm not I, I don't think uh, it's it's not all bad. There's some silver linings of of being forced to slow down, which is something as a musician we we we're not necessarily granted very often. No, exactly, and you I mean it's uh, you you feel uh, you feel a lot of pressure with the um, uh, in the line of work we do. Mm-hmm. The pressure of continuously putting out albums uh, evergrey is a, a band that puts out consistent music uh, frequently uh, so i can only imagine the the pressure that that has to stay relevant to to create more to to be true to yourself it is a lot of pressure and but definitely definitely thanks to thanks to this situation we could uh, put out another uh, album mm-hmm. this fast mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it's definitely because of this situation. Otherwise, 
we should we would have been touring and playing more and maybe a new album uh, in in the next year so so it's i think it's kind of thanks to the situation absolutely because it's like two mindsets as a musician either you're writing something this is how i am at least or you're preparing for a tour which is so much work and and people i don't think people understand how much work goes into getting ready to to go on tour and to play a show properly vox and hops is all about hanging out with my metal friends talking about their lives music and craft beer uh what beer do you have on your side today that we're going to be sharing virtually richard actually i uh talked to my good friend in uh from odd island brewing as you uh i guess you know yeah peter and I, uh, so I uh, asked uh, Peter, Peter Ivers, yeah. uh, for, for, so he suggested, uh, I actually got two. So I got uh, this uh, Hazy Daisy, it's a New England IPA. And I also got um, Halon Passion, it's a sour, sour uh, beer. Amazing. So I, I got two, two of them. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. Shout out to Peter. Um, I'm excited for the Halo effect. I think it's cool. Yeah. And uh, on my side, I'm going to be drinking something uh, special, something that I just uh, put together myself. Uh, I was one of the presenting sponsors of Devastation on the Nation. Uh, this year, it features Rotting Christ, Borknagar, Abigail Williams, Vale of Panath, Ghost Bath, a Storm Ruler. I created beers in as many cities that as I could for the show, and the beers were available at the shows or there was after party. So this is uh, from Ghost Town Brewing. It's also a hazy IPA. Uh, 6.66%. Of course, it has to be as metal as possible. Uh, Ghost Town Rules, uh, shout out to the crew there. Um, yeah, let's dance into beer. Do you remember the very first beer that you drank, Rick? Uh, yeah, I do. Well, maybe not the first beer, but I, I remember the first time I got uh, drunk. <laughs> <laughs> you remember your first real party? Yeah, exactly. My, my first... Uh, uh introduction to the world of alcohol was uh i'm pretty old fuck so <laughs> it was in 1983 i think no oh, the year i was born rick the year oh I really was born. Yeah, yeah i was 13 i think okay and there were like uh, uh a metal on on television and this was would never happen but they they showed a metal festival on swedish television from germany and we me and my friends we we gathered up in front of the tv and it was judas priest iron maiden uh, michael schenker quite riot the, the top of the top yeah 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 top of the top and this was my first introduction and and, and i had bought like six bottles of not not very strong but what we have in sweden like beer that are it's like 3.5 or something something like that I'm I'm well versed in the the Swedish laws of uh, I've had many Swedes on the podcast, so I've heard all yeah, about the. Yeah, yeah, what, what's yeah, the yeah. name of that store? I never remember the name of the store. You have to go to the special store to get the good stuff. Yeah, the Systembolaget. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> but but these but these beers you can buy in the, in the grocery stores. Exactly. So that's the, the lower yeah, yeah, the three point three point two three point four percent beers. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. So you picked up a six so pack was, of that. There was this festival. Yeah. What what happened that night? Yeah, on on uh, in, in front of the TV. And uh, I mean, it was like a perfect introduction for me because you, yeah, uh, it, it was. I didn't get too drunk. I just got really happy. Good, good <laughs> drunk. Yeah, happy. <laughs> exactly. I love it. Uh, <laughs> and we were, and we were sitting and headbanging in front of the TV, and it was like a super, super night. So I, maybe it was a bit of too good uh, first time for me, but it, was <laughs> it started great. at the top. You, you, you started at the top, Rick. Are are you still friends with the people you were with that night? Yeah, definitely. Yeah, 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 sure. Sure. 
Definitely. I love that. I love yeah, that. Yeah. Uh, Sweden has such a rich craft beer culture, despite having to go to the special store and keeping the low ABVs available in the grocery stores. Uh, yeah. Did you ever get into craft beers? It's something that you enjoy. Obviously, you're friends with Peter from Odd Island, but um, and you made the right decision to go there today. Uh, but did, are you a craft beer enthusiast is basically the question. Uh, okay. Uh, um, well, to be honest, not, not not really. I like to drink, but I'm I'm uh, I'm not that. Uh, I I have to confess, I'm more of a wine drinker. Oh, actually. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Which is which is equally as snobby. I I, I respect the wine yeah, yeah. world very very much. I do like the branding. <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, in, yeah. In, in in metal breweries a little bit more, but. Uh, let's uh, let's talk about the soundtrack of your youth when you're growing up in your parents or guardians' house. What music was playing when you were not in control of the radio? What music did your parents or guardians listen to? Ooh, uh, I don't think they they didn't listen to that much music, but I remember we had like a Pat Boone. Yeah, yeah, he actually <laughs> he actually did a, a metal album. Pat really? Boone goes metal. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> You well, have to check that out. I'm going to. I'm writing he, it down he, now. He does uh, Crazy Train. Okay. Goes metal. Uh, and uh, Holy Diver. It's, I mean, it's, it's, it's such a cult album, so you, you won't believe it when you hear it. It's, it's amazing. <laughs> Pat Boone. It's like the old, uh, old 50s uh, guy, American uh, guy. And he made uh, like metal songs, but, but in... Uh, in the rage arrangement with um, big band, a big band arrangements of those songs. Yeah, it's so he's like it's a so good. He's like a crooner. Yeah, basically. it's so good. Yeah, yeah. Amazing. Actually, that was. But but my my parent my my father played saxophone, mm. and and my mother played uh, some piano. Mm-hmm. So we had a piano at home, and so I I guess that that was uh, some reason I picked up keyboards and and stuff like that. Uh, but uh, we we weren't really a musical family, I wouldn't say, like uh, listening anyway. It was first where I had an older brother, and when he started listening to metal music, he was first. He started listening to to Kiss, obviously, mm-hmm. and uh, and then um, at first that was too hard for me. Was it was it the imagery or just the music in general? Uh, I, I guess both, but uh, it was. It was a bit too 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 hard for me, but but hey, I was I don't know I was seven or something. So, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, th- then when I I I picked up on that, uh, then then he started with like uh, priest and uh, hmm. accept and stuff like that, and then then I was hooked as well. So, what would have been a band that you introduced to your brother? Uh, well. I don't know. It's it's hard. But I remember our like our f- friend, our crew. Everyone had their favorite band. Like one one guy had Deep Purple. One guy ha- guy had Judas Priest. And I was like, hmm, what should I have? <laughs> and then I saw this uh, <laughs> this um, uh, mark of uh, Michael Schenker. Hmm. And I I just I just something hit me with with the image of him, and I started to listen to it. And uh, obviously, he's a great musician, and it's great music. So, uh, the album "Assault Attack" with Michael Schenker, uh, with uh, Graham Bonnet, that was like a real milestone for me. I was like sitting for hours just is in on the vinyl, uh, listening to that album over and over again. So that was like when I discovered 
music passionately where you had where you had to listen to it you, it yeah and, you and it, it was like my and it was like my my band it wasn't none of my friends were that of course of course they liked it but but it was like something i could take to my my heart so mm -hmm. Which is important in, in a crew, you know? And it's interesting how that happens. I, you, we're all a part of something, and we, we all associate to metal, but everyone can still have their own little favorite one that belongs to them. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That was important, I think, yeah. I love that. Um, was there ever an album that you brought into the house that was too much for your parents, where you had to listen to head, with headphones type thing? Uh, the thing is, I had my brother, and he was very extreme. <laughs> And he's still, still much more extreme than I am. He, I mean, he likes the hardest of the hardest, uh, still. But when he came out, came home with uh, punk music, and he said, told my parents that he wants to be a, a punk rocker, and they, this was like, like, nineteen eighty or something. I mean, it just just came out, and that they and my parents said, no, no, you. When it was dirty and wrong, and the Sex Pistols were were just yeah, yeah, definitely, and it, yeah, 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 and they said no, you can't be a punk rocker. <laughs> <laughs> but, but I, <laughs> which made him wanted to be a punk rocker even more, right? <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, so he was for a couple of years, definitely. When when they who was, and I, it was hard for me to bring something knew that my parents hadn't heard before if you know what i mean <laughs> because he 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 had done all the the job before me so so they they did when i when i brought home uh, music they didn't like it was like oh at least at, le at least you're not a punk yeah. <laughs> exactly. how about shows do you remember the first music show you went to go see maybe with that crew maybe with that crew that you drank those first six beers with while watching that show on tv maybe with your brother do you remember the first show you went to go see yeah i do I, actually i saw uh i went to uh, kiss 1980 with the whole family <laughs> that's amazing yeah, yeah yeah i was 10 years old oh that's so cool uh, and they were they had still makeup yeah yeah, yeah. Uh, and I, iron maiden was iron maiden was opening <laughs> yeah there's a little, you know that little band yeah. there <laughs> yeah yeah yeah. i was 10 my brother was 11 yeah and my parents went went along so great parents absolutely but the first the first uh, show i went with like the the, the group of friends was uh, two years later uh, accept mm -hmm. uh, and I, I'm, I'm i'm raised uh, in a town outside of stockholm and we went into stockholm uh and so accept in in like a 1500 place theater and uh, yeah amazing restless and wild tour i think it was mm. um and then after that it was like uh, concerts like a couple of concerts during the whole 80s and everyone was coming and metal became really big just and massive mtv and yeah massive yeah and they play, they played uh, arenas, ice uh, ice arenas yeah, yeah. I, I mean after that i saw accept four times in the 80s and they they played like uh, ice uh, ice hockey stadiums you know so it was a really cool time <laughs> something that i did and i just realized and as you were talking about it, i imagine you did it as well was the first show I saw was at the Spectrum, which doesn't exist in Montreal anymore. But I ended up playing the Spectrum. And when I was playing there, I remembered it was my first show. Did you end up playing that 1500 cap venue? And did you have that? No, but I played the ice. Uh, there you go. How cool is that? 
Did you have that like memory of like, this is where I saw my first show and here I am now? Yeah, yeah I mean, we, we opened up for Whitesnake. I mean, we, every, every grade couldn't sell out a place like that on their own. But we op- opened up for Whitesnake and... Uh, can be, you can believe it how how cool that was yeah but that to, to like flat to like go back and whisper in your ear when you went and saw those shows that one day that's going to be you yeah i never thought i never thought about that would happen mm. it, it didn't it didn't uh, didn't it didn't exist in my mind i think mm-hmm. i also know that that swedish people are very humble i think it's a, it's a part of your culture to be very humble so so I don't, are you allowed to have those thoughts like to to aspire to be that big uh, it's a good it's a good uh um uh, good point you make there uh it's it's uh i guess it's 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 easier for north americans to mm-hmm. think that big <laughs> the sky's the limit right it's american dream yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah exactly yeah yeah you you get that that in your veins but just moving to another continent i guess or something <laughs> <laughs> it's it's definitely in our culture to be uh, to be humble. No bragging. Not you know. You could have done a thousand million things, and it's not okay to shout from the rooftops that you've made it. Yeah, it's, an, it's just interesting. Interesting. I, I I love the differences, the subtle differences. Yeah. yeah. Um, I would love to hear about your first show. Do you remember your first time on stage? The first show, I, I I'm pretty sure it was uh, in in school, like in third grade or something. Mm. Uh, uh, we had this trio. <laughs> we were called Pearl, which is is fucking genius because uh, it said so on the drum. Yeah. <laughs> so already you had a branded kid. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's easy to remember. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I mean we 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 we've seen our favorite bands with the <laughs> logos on the bass drum. That's smart. That's funny. So of, of course we were called Pearl. You know? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Uh, how did that show go? Were you prepped? I know it's so different. Uh, music is such a part of the Swedish culture in in North America. It is, but it's not like instigated in schools. There's funding. There's funding for young bands. There's these jam rooms. I know that from many other interviews that I've done. It's amazing. So, so were you ready for that that trio, Pearl's first show? <laughs> <laughs> I was so nervous. I I actually remember how nervous I I I had. Like I thought I was had a stomach uh, mm-hmm. illness or something mm-hmm. because my my stomach hurt so bad. But I, I I'm pretty sure it was because I was so nervous. Uh, but you're 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 right. We we have a lot of advantages in Sweden with the places to practice. Um, we now not so much. But when I grew up, we had like this uh, com- uh, community school, music school that every kid that wanted could learn an instrument. Yeah, it is. So, um, and I think that's the main reason why Sweden has s- small population with so many bands because we have the the uh, opportunity to to uh, practice and find places to practice and yeah and the scene too and I, I i have it because i'm from montreal there's so many bands from montreal especially like an extreme metal voivod cataclysm Gorguts, cryptopsy before i was in cryptopsy uh, despised icon beneath the massacre beyond Korea. it's just, the list can just keep going on and on so me being a young musician it seemed obtainable, which falls back to that American dream thing <laughs> that yeah. I could make it. 
I guess in Sweden that's not so much the case because there's a lot of bands that come from Sweden, but did it seem obtainable to become at their level? Yeah, yeah, exactly. But I, I, I think that's what you need. You need some something to look up to, and like you say in Montreal, you have you have all these uh, type of music, and the same same thing in in Sweden and everywhere. It's like it's like when when Sweden had like. Um, I'm getting away from the subject <laughs> when we had like best like 10 tennis players in the top 20 list you know because one started and and then people realize this is this is um, something that that uh, I can do as well. You don't have to it, play hockey, I could play tennis instead. <laughs> 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 exactly. Yeah, exactly. I yeah, don't yeah, like the true. cold. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Montreal. I'm actually a Montreal uh, Canadiens fan. No, me, me too, me too. Um, before the podcast, I watched every game, but yeah. um, now I don't have as much time to to watch the Canadiens. But I, I am a big fan. I like any sport where I can sit there and drink beer while watching it. Hockey's uh, a good one. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, but anyway, anyway, it's it's good to have role models. Then you can accomplish. Uh, a lot of a lot of things, I guess, and you need, really need that. I think it's important. I, I had asked the same question to Duncan. He's a from an extreme vocalist from South Africa, and they're the band is doing very well from Volvedinia. And uh, I was wondering how many more bands from South Africa are now going to be make it, basically because yeah, yeah. they saw this possibility. Exactly, probably a lot. I think so too. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Let's talk about the album, new album, A Heartless Portrait, The Orphean Testament, came out May 20th via Napalm Records. Um, You mentioned it early on about being, it's part of the silver lining of the pandemic for you. The fact that you guys got to drop two albums, basically, almost during a pandemic. It's, it's, you did the opposite of what my band did. We slowed down. You guys <laughs> revved up and just plowed through uh, recording and writing and recording a second album instead of touring it. Talk to me about that mindset. Was it, is it something that you guys like to do? Is it something that happens? Just we're going to make music together. Cryptopsy, it's, 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 it's fun to write, but it's torturous. Is it, is it a pleasure to write for, uh, for Evergreen or is it more work? I, th- I think when we set our mind to uh, do something, we have to, we have we really have to set our mind to now we're going to do an album. Then then it's uh, it's good fun, I think, uh, and it's it's not that much pressure these days because everyone in the band writes, so we have like. But what was, there a, mo- of, was there a moment where it was one person? Uh, maybe not one person, but but there's been moments uh, like w- when it was only me and Tom left in the band. Uh, well, we we got some new members, but we were the only one all the time. That that w- that was really heavy pressure. That and we were supposed to do a new album, and we had to do like everything. Th- that that was a pressure. But but these days it's um, it's fun and and and. Um, it's no pressure because I know if I, if I don't come up with uh, with stuff, someone else will, and I know that anything that I come up with that I I'm satisfied with and the guys are satisfied with, Tom will make uh, an Evergrey song of it because of his vocals and and that's 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 what make that's what ties it all together. Interesting. So t- Tom Tom's sort of got like the vision of what Evergrey is the the umbrella of what 
can encompass yeah. Evergrey. Yeah, definitely. Interesting. And, and if it's, if, is there ever a moment where it falls outside of the umbrella and he's like, this is not going to work for Evergrey? Yeah, yeah, it is. That's, is that a, a frustrating moment or is it a respectful moment and you respect the, the brand? Well, you understand brand because you, you had a band called Pearl when you were in third grade, but... No, it's, it's, it's not, it's, um, no, I wouldn't, it's not a problem at all. Um, I mean, we, we get, we get, uh, everyone in the bands get start other, other musical projects as mm-hmm. well. It's, it's no, it's no, it's not a big deal. It's, it, uh, I, I think it's a good, I think we, we have a really good way to work mm-hmm. these days. And how quickly uh, into the pandemic did you realize that you're not going to play shows, you're going to focus on another album. Like the the other album just basically came out and here you are dropping another one and a lot of work goes into making an album. I know that. Um, so how quickly into the pandemic is basically the question. Did you guys realize you were going to just make another album? Pretty quick. I, I, I guess we had a European tour booked that w- was canceled and we, we had a new record label. And uh, of course, they they wanted to uh, have uh, Evergrey album as out as fast possible, and we really didn't have anything to do. So <laughs> we said, "Let's <laughs> let's why, why not be creative instead of drink? Yeah, and, yeah, and, yeah and, definitely. And, yeah, yeah. Hide inside. <laughs> Although Sweden was pretty open throughout everything, uh, even in early on in the pandemic versus. Canada, let's say, uh, back in 2016, no, well, yeah, yeah. back in 2016, you dropped a solo record. I can do without love. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, why maybe you did, why did you not write a new record for yourself throughout this time? Uh, because this, uh, solo album I did, it was, um, it was like, a, a long dream to, to do a solo album and the material was like music from long time back just like songs that, that, that gathered I, over are, years over years yeah yeah exactly and i felt kind of it was like if if i would never never i thought it was good good uh, songs or good ideas anyway and i thought I, it was like if i never release this i will regret regret it i oh, know i understand that yeah yeah so it was it was more like a compilation of and, and I mean, most of the songs I, I wrote before I even joined Evergrey. So mm-hmm. that's a, a bit why it's, it's not uh, in uh, close to Evergrey or metal or anyway. So it was, was really music I just wanted to, to, to complete so I could move on. <laughs> it was more like that. <laughs> you had to get it out of you. Yeah, so I, I, so I could do n- new stuff. Interesting. It's funny because eh? it is a weight to music inside of us. Yeah, yeah. And I, I felt so many times I felt, oh, fuck, I should I just should forget about this music and just move on. But but it's it's still I never put it out. It's still in my head and uh, I never know what w- would have been. Yeah, so it, it, were, it was oh, kind of like that. If, if, if I make myself any clear. No, no, I understand completely. Hey, what's up, Vox and Hopsheads? I just want to take a little moment about Cryptopsy's upcoming tours. That's right, I'm talking about the Scream of Perseverance tour and our headliner dates. 
that coincide with that tour called As Summer Burns. The Scream of Perseverance tour is kicking off at the end of May and runs all the way until the end of June. We are supporting the mighty death to all. We are going all over the United States and we are hitting some of Canada. So excited to be honoring the legendary music of death alongside amazing musicians that performed on these albums. Even more stoked to be doing some headliner dates in some cities that I've actually never played in. If you are planning to come to any of these shows, you should definitely grab your tickets by going to voxandhops.com slash summer, and you will be able to grab all of your tickets there. That's voxandhops.com slash summer. Do it, people. Come hang out with me. Enjoy life, metal, and craft beer in your hometown. Come to a show. We're going to have a great time. Now, enough about all of that. Let's get back to the episode. Back to Evergrey. Uh, you guys strive not to repeat yourselves. Um, you want to please yourselves while remaining Evergrey. Uh, that's difficult because you have a lot of a lot of material to get out there. So, so luckily you mentioned that a lot of people are um, involved in the writing process now. But but how hard is it to come up with new stuff when it doesn't there's only so many notes there's only so many arrangements how to, to to be creative and original what what is the the what what are the challenges with that like i said before i think we have to set our mind into uh focusing on a, a result that we have to now we're going to do an album and when we decide that when i sit in front of the piano things come up and if if uh, if 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 we don't if we don't have like not planning on doing an album the ideas won't come up so it's 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 kind of it's a bit it's kind of simple actually i, I don't know i don't know how that works but it's like we have to we have to uh, just uh, set set our mind for a new album and then the music will appear Sounds easy, but but I think it's it's a bit like that actually. It's like you flip a switch and you're like open to creativity versus yeah, I think so. Training yeah, I think so. And, I, and I, I also I also think it's if I uh, if I get more philosophical, I also think when you when you sit and try to compose and there's not nothing nothing there that you're gonna uh, do it for, it's like um, pointless. It's like mm. why why I'm doing this, <laughs> you know? But really, okay. In the case when well, there, there's an, there's a new album ahead. There's something. This piece of music I write now is gonna end up somewhere. Hmm. It's, it gets easier. I, uh, I think it's like that for us anyway. Do you play just for fun ever? Just to sit down and just play piano? Definitely. That you do yeah, you play yeah, yeah, stuff totally. for yeah, yeah, yourself. Yeah, I do. Yeah, I get, I get, I can sit down and and get into, uh, and I, that that's when it's the most fun. But Usually nothing comes out of it. It's just like uh, I don't do do drugs and stuff like that. But but it's like doing I'm, just uh, get it, get it the into euphoria. it. And just yeah 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 definitely. Uh, lost. Sometimes maybe yeah sometimes maybe something. But but I definitely play for just for fun. Uh, at least I can only speak for myself. But I know other people in the band maybe are more rest uh, for the result but but i can just sit and jam for an hour and just think yeah, i'm having a, a great life <laughs> i like that <laughs> <laughs> uh keyboards and metal a spicy question um, yeah. <laughs> obviously you think that there should be keyboards and metal uh some people don't 
Uh, how, how do you feel about that? Um, there was always keyboards for you. You always were on the piano. Talk, talk to me about keyboards and metal and the importance of John Lord uh, from Deep Purple uh, and his effects. I, I, I doubt he understood the effect he'd have on metal and extreme music with keyboards being involved. Talk, talk to me about your opinion on that. Obviously, you like it, but... Uh. <laughs> well, I like it because I play it. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, it, that, that, that doesn't mean I think keyboard fits in, in all kinds of uh, metal music. Definitely not. And I, uh, I, I mean, I grew up with the uh, 80s metal before keyboard. I mean, I was... I was uh, w- when, uh, when Judas Priest and Iron Maiden started using keyboard, I didn't like that at all. I liked uh, I liked uh, the 1984 uh, Van Halen album. I like that. I think they did, uh, but but I didn't like uh, keyboards in uh, everything. Um, so I I, I mean I, I, I was I, I liked uh, hard rock and metal, uh, and uh, keyboard word was to be frank. I I was I knew how to play piano because we always had a piano. And uh, that was the instrument I learned. I never learned how to play guitar. And uh, when they were opening a job for uh, keyboard, didn't ha- happen that often. But when it did, the late 80s was superb. Then when everyone imagine. wanted yeah. keyboard. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the age of the synthesizer. Yeah, really, yeah. Really, really And uh, Yeah, yeah. <laughs> the- <laughs> but but I, 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 I truly can appreciate bands that are against keyboards that that are le- really conservative about that i think that's uh super in some cases but i was really blessed when uh, i got the question from evergrey because when i i hadn't heard evergrey uh, before but when i <clears throat> listened to their music and all that this is they have a lot of key- they love keyboards so that that was uh, amazing for me obviously to be a keyboarder to to join that band i can tell when i was um, in the 80s when i started to play keyboards i mostly did like intros for death metal bands and stuff like that yes <laughs> <laughs> like really scary keyboard intros but then, then i was out so they could look that. really tough yeah and then grunge came in and pushed that away <laughs> yeah yeah exactly yeah i wasn't the biggest cryptopsy fan when I first joined the band, I, I become a big fan, obviously. But uh, talk to me about about joining a band. Did you apply to the band, or were you? Were, did they hunt you out? No, I was uh, a, a mutual friend called me one day. Well, uh, the story was this friend. Uh, I, I'm not from Gothenburg. I'm from uh, outside of Stockholm, Uppsala. Uh, but then uh, uh, I moved to Gothenburg for other reasons, and uh, this. Uh, friend from Uppsala he he um, one day he said I'm going I'm, I'm going to come down to Gothenburg and go to a release party with this band called Evergrey that I know the guys from you want to join yeah sure why not so I saw, so went to that release party and saw Evergrey and I thought oh, that was pretty cool yeah good good music <laughs> I could be a better keyboardist though <laughs> <laughs> well actually yeah <laughs> <laughs> that, that that crossed my mind. <laughs> anyway, it's then, very um, very like, half, you, like, <laughs> Then, like half uh, half a year later, this uh, same friend uh, called me and uh, said, uh, "Hey, you remember the band we w- went to see? Yeah, of course. 
they're looking for a keyboard player. Can I give them your number? Yeah, sure. And I already heard them one time. So yeah, sure. Go ahead. And um, yeah, then... Uh, and then boom. Yeah, yeah, boom. Yeah, yeah, boom. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and this was 20 years ago. <laughs> One last question, classic Vox and Hops wrap-up question. Uh, it probably doesn't happen to you very often because you seem to be very in control and, you know, writing music, uh, playing piano for fun. Uh, but every once in a while, when you make a bad decision and you open up that extra bottle of wine that you've been keeping in the back of your, your cellar just for the perfect moment, everyone, you know, it happens to everyone. What is your hangover cure? When you drink too much and you wake up the next day and you don't feel well, what do you do? Uh, keep drinking. <laughs> Classic. If you answer. if you don't if you don't get if you don't get sober, you don't get a hangover. <laughs> Rick, thank you so so much for taking the time, hanging out with me, talking about your life, talking about music, talking about craft beer. Uh, I had a blast. Everyone, get ready. A heartless portrait of the Orphean Testament dropped May twentieth via Napalm Records. Check it out. It's a banger. I love it, and you're gonna like it too. Rick, thank you so much. Cheers. Thank you. Hey, thank you all so, so much for listening right to the end. You know that I love and appreciate that. Man, was this ever a killer, killer conversation. I had such a blast connecting with Rick. He was so down to earth and open about everything, and I love having conversations with people like that. Massive, massive cheers to you, Rick. I really, really appreciate you taking the time to hang out with me. If you enjoyed this Vox and Hops episode, you should sign up to the Vox and Hops Metal Podcast mailing list. You can go on my website, voxandhops.com. That's V-O-X-A-N-D-H-O-P-S.com. And when you do that, you shall receive two emails a month, which will contain all of the details of everything that has happened recently in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast. You'll get to see which episodes I've dropped recently. You'll get to see which episodes I have coming up. You will get to see which albums the Vox and Hops album review crew have reviewed recently. And you'll get to see which albums Jerry Monk, the metal architect himself, has put on the Brutal Awakenings playlist, which is available on both Apple Music and Spotify. There is just so much going on in the world of the Vox and Hops Metal podcast. I hate for you to miss a single thing. So sign up to the mailing list. The Vox and Hospital podcast is brought to you by Sound Talent Media and Evergreen Podcasts. I hope you have a killer, killer weekend. I will be back next week with yet again two episodes, one on Tuesday and another on Friday. But until then, remember to enjoy life, metal, and craft beer. Cheers, Vox and Hops heads. This is the story of Whitney Houston. This is the story of Kurt Cobain. Of George Michael, of Otis Redding, of Amy Winehouse, of Michael Hutchins, Bob Marley. This is the story of Prince. It's a new podcast series. About how they died, why they died, and why we're still talking about them so long after. It's like nothing you've ever heard before. It's storytelling. But it's more than that, because rock stars... They tell us how we feel. They change our mood. They change the clothes we wear, the people we hang out with. The way we remember things. It's them who give us those ludicrous moments, the ones where you're... Jumping around, singing your heart out, feeling understood. And it's those moments we'll help you remember, the ones you're thinking about right now. That feeling. That feeling. It's coming soon from Crowd Network. Just search for Death of a Rockstar on your podcast app. And subscribe now.